0: Natanya Boerta is a passionate environmental and social change activist. Natanya currently serves as the content development and knowledge generation coordinator for Indalo Inclusive South Africa. Indalo is a not-for-profit company established with a mandate to support and promote social, green, inclusive, and responsible entrepreneurship in South Africa. She's also an enterprise mentor for several new entrepreneurial ventures. Natanya's commitment and passion for social sustainable environmental change take her into the smallest of communities in South Africa, as well as international platforms such as the United Nations. In 2018, Natanya was selected by the United Nations Environmental Program to represent South Africa at the Africa Youth Conference hosted in Kenya. Natanya was recently selected onto the top 200 young South Africans list by the male and the guardian in the environmental category hi guys welcome to another episode of young professional african edition with your host jonathan rwanika and Shanil mudli equipping you with all the right tools to jumpstart
1: your career in an african context by sharing experiences and spreading the gospel of information. With original music brought to you by Africa's own, Yoneal Bediachi. Thanks for joining, Natanya. So firstly, where are you from and where did you grow up?
2: Uh, So, um, I would like to give a bit of background. Uh, My name uh, bears a lot of history, and um, there's a lot to connect it to my name to start off with. Uh, So, Natania is a Hebrew word, and it means gift from God. It is also a city in Jerusalem, and uh, I, I, I thought, let me just give you a bit of background on Uh, the name, my name itself, and uh, what I stand for. Uh, So, I grew up in a small town called Moinoi, just outside of uh, Brits, uh, very close to Rustenburg. And... um, Later in, in my life, we've moved to, to Brits so that I can go to, to high school there. So I would say my hometown is, is Brits in, in the northwest, and I went to school there. Um, and I would say up until the age of 16, I did not have a care in the world, nor the understanding of the true meaning of responsibility. Uh, But unfortunately, uh, I was a victim to uh, uh, some poor family decisions, where my father just disappeared overnight, and I had to leave school at the age of 16, so I had to start to work, and... um, I eventually had an opportunity to go back to school and graduate and I completed evening classes. So that, that is in short my, my um, grow up, if I can put it like that. Yeah.
1: Wow. And I, and I think that's such a relatable story, uh, you know, across the continent is there's, there's a lot of people from, from different places who can really relate to that. And I think looking back, but all you've done I mean um, going over your, your your CV and your bio you've, you've really achieved so much along the way so I'm really excited to to get into you know that journey but um wow that's that's really inspiring to, to see the, the gap that you've covered um, in in your in your journey that's that's really really inspiring so what what did you study when you when you went back to school and I think you know what influenced that decision how did you go about making that decision was it uh, and and I think you know on the podcast we've had a lot of people who sort of make that decision because it was it was a money decision or it? so so what was your sort of thought process around that as well?
2: So firstly, I went back to school to to graduate just to do my matric. Oh
1: yeah, and high okay.
2: then yes, yes, and then um, at a very young age, I realised that I'm going to have to work extra hard in order for, for me to reach my full potential because of my background, where I came from. Um, so at the age of 18, I received an opportunity through Momentum to go and work for them in Pretoria. So off I went to Pretoria, I didn't have a car, I didn't had a license. I had no family in Pretoria and, um, I went and I started as a tele salesperson for more or less seven financial advisors. And I would say this is really where my career kick started uh, because I received opportunities to study through um, the Momentum Academy. And they always had these programs in place to upskill their people. Um, so, I first started off with, after I finished uh, uh, my matric, which was in a business college. So, I got a strong business acumen from uh, the business college that that I was in. And then through the financial planning sector, I got to study uh, registered financial planning. So, a uh, I was in the financial planning sphere for for quite a long time and I've worked with um, people of of high uh, uh, goal setting and so forth. And it was really back then about chasing the money and uh, just, you know, becoming financially free as, as a young person. So I didn't really focus a lot on studying back then. I focused a lot on working very hard so that I can get promotions, so that I can have a better salary, so that I can go and study. Um, Bearing in mind that I also had other family members that I was still taking care of. Um, So I would say that from there, I got the opportunity to work for a, a lady who was also business corporate woman of the year, two thousand and eight, um, and I I got a lot of mentorship from from her, um, and yeah, she was very kind to me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, from from momentum, I went off and. Uh, I got an opportunity to be the national sales manager for an organization called uh, Mine Africa Safety Solutions, one of the biggest biggest importers uh, on uh, protective equipment in Africa. And uh, through this position, I got the opportunity to travel internationally and to do a lot of international negotiations um, on product development and innovation. Uh, So, I then decided that I want to move into a different direction uh, for my career and I Started to study marketing and communications. Although I didn't do a degree, I did a few diplomas, um, and then I managed to get a position at uh, Gosco, which is the it's it's a very very large industrial organisation, and I was working in the marketing and communications department. Once again, working extensive hours and travelling. A lot um, and uh, then one day I woke up and I said wow what am I doing with my life I'm only here once and what is it that I would like to do so I took a leap of faith and I resigned uh, so that I can go and clear my head and I took a trip down to Durban and uh, while walking on a beach in, in Durban, in the South Durban Basin, I saw a lot of social ills and the, the beach was extremely polluted. Um, and that's where I decided that I would really like to use my life for the betterment of the planet and for humanity. So. You know that, that people start, to, when, when they start to dream, it's usually there's big bias in disguise. And usually your family laughs at you to say, wow, well, you would never be able to do this um, because you didn't study it. And because it's really just a new environment that no one really knows, uh, it's, it's the unknown. So I started to study through various portals for the United Nations and um, up until today I think I've got uh, close to 120 uh, accredited um, certifications. I've also done my international accreditation to be a humanitarian and um, yeah my, my career really kickstarted. Um, at walking that beach so on on the beach i decided no i want to do a social media campaign to to show everyone that wow there is like this beach is sif there's not even another word i can use so then the wildlife society saw my social media campaign and they got hold of me and they said to me um, "Well, you can st- you can volunteer for us um, to clean the speech. And I s- really saw it as a platform to showcase what it is that I can do. So and also just to troubleshoot, uh, to learn from what it is that I'm b- going to embark on. Um, so I went on a, a whole year mobilizing, the in local government, national government, international government, lobbying in certain offices, very important offices. And I mobilized the the public, uh, civil society, you name it. So the first beach cleanup started as a four-day cleanup, and we took tons off the beach. Wow, And. It it just snowballed from there. It went from another beach to to river cleanups. And then I really got very passionate about environmental education Um, and also just being an activist for for that community because that community is going through quite a lot. Um, So the heart industry is situated literally in the middle of this community Um, and inside this hard industry is um, petrochemical companies, uh, which I don't even want to mention their names because uh, I I don't think that I want to open up a can of worms tonight. But I would say that I've really, in my capacity as an activist, I've seen the, the power of what it is, what one human can do to make a difference. And I think that is what is driving me.
1: Wow, that is such, um, it's such an insane story. And I think you have, there's so many things that I'd like to unpack there um, as, you, as you were chatting about it. So, you know, one of, one of the things that I think was really prominent in our second season was career pivots. And if I look at you, you know, you, you finished your high school you got involved with the company, you, you decided to earn a big salary and then, you know, you pursued that and then you got into the marketing thing, the mining thing, and then finally this. I think what I'd, maybe what would be interesting for, for, for our listeners is what was the sort of time frames around that? So, you know, 18 and then was it like five years later that you moved from um, the financial management industry into the marketing industry? Or, you know, what was sort of the time gaps um, between these different career changes? I think it would be good for, for people to understand that, you know, it's never too late to sort of change or pivot your career. So, so that would be really interesting. I think that's the first thing um, I'd, I'd like to unpack there.
2: Yeah. I, firstly, if I can tell the listeners that you are not a tree. If you are not happy, you can move. You are not the permanently, you know. <laughs> So I think that, that that's something that, that is uh, very important for me. Like I need to be extremely happy and I need to have purpose in, in what I do. Um, because if I'm just going to wake up every day and go to work from 8 to 5, 8 to 5, it's going to be extremely boring and you're not going to really at the end of the day when you look back on your life, say that, wow, what an amazing journey I've, I've been on, and I've lived it out to the fullest. Um, coming back to your question on the timeframes, I would say it was in between um, five years and three years. Um, I've made that commitment to myself that um, I would stay for as long as I, I need to learn. And if you take the the L away from learn, then you need to earn. So um, I I would learn in an organization and then if if I don't get what I really want, what I went in for it and what I've put in, then I would say, um, okay, let me go and try something else in a different field. Don't ever limit yourself to one field um, you, you need to take that chance to go and learn something new so that you can evolve as a human and grow.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I think one of the, the benefits to, I guess, where you, where you came from or, or what it sounds like for me, I would, I would take it as a benefit. Um, as you said, you know, often when you, when you tell people that you're changing fields, it's difficult for them to understand, um, you know, that somebody's switching without any formal education. And I've seen this a lot at work where somebody will say, you know, how do they expect us to do to do X, Y, and Z if we didn't have any formal training on it? And, and your approach has always been to get these certifications, to do all of these things. And and if you look at the way learning is happening right now, right, like your, your online learning is actually sometimes taking precedent over everything else due to COVID and all of these other things. So, so I think that's a really nice point to bring out that even back, you know, before we were doing this this big online takeover certifications and upskilling yourself in the critical skills needed in, in these different environments, it has always been a sort of a sort of trait and and something that can lead to to career pivots and, and often success in those fields. So that's really, really um, an, an awesome takeaway from from what you've just said. Another thing to to then um, focus on is you're now in this, you know, social impact. Um, environment how do you how do you keep yourself because I know you're doing the beach cleanups and all of these other things but somebody who's interested in, in making an impact is it is it extremely stimulating is it is it just you know um, beach cleanups all the time or, or, or what else is there in that industry so yes I know there's the beach cleanups which are awesome but what else do you look forward to every day and what's keeping you there somebody who's who's shifted often
2: Okay. So I think there's a space that that we've missed. Okay. Uh, So just to rewind back. So there I went, I was a volunteer for the Wildlife Society. And while I was volunteering, I was studying very hard. Um, And using influence to ensure that communities are being uh, cleaned up and that the environment is restored to its natural form. Um, so during that period of being a volunteer, I applied for a position at the wildlife society to be the the head of membership. And um, I actually got that position and through that capacity, I was also appointed on the exco committee, reporting directly to the CEO of the organization. Now, the Wildlife and Environment Society for South Africa is one of the oldest um, NGOs in Africa. Um, and I think for me that that was a real career highlight um, because I could then actually use my influence on a daily basis. Um, where it's it's not just going to do a cleanup here or or doing something over over there where you create a little bit of impact. Um, I have then managed to really use my capabilities in the boardroom and influence from the boardroom all the way out into rural communities. Um, I have ever since uh, then resigned from the Wildlife Society and uh, I now currently work for an organisation called Indalo Inclusive. Now, Indalo's mandate is to really spearhead and support uh, green, eco and inclusive uh, enterprises. Um, And I think that this this is really uh, a... A place where I feel I can learn and I can share and I can teach um, young people on business development, business planning, as well as uh, how to bring the environment into your business. Um, Because for me, the environment is us and we are the environment and we need to take care of of what we have. And if we we don't do it, then there's nothing going to be left for future generations. And that for me is something very, very important. Um, It's definitely the, the operational side of a business. How sustainable is it? How green is it? Is it for the betterment of the community? Is it for the betterment of the environment and how can we create ecosystems or systems that can ensure that we leave a sustainable environment that, that we operate in, in a, on a daily basis. Um, so the, there's just a bit of background on, on what I'm currently doing.
1: Wow. So that sounds quite interesting. It sounds a little bit like you're in the, the ESG space, I guess, in, 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 in the corporate world around, you know, environmental, social and, and governance. Do you, and, and in terms of navigating the space and, you know, the people that you're working with, do you see a big shift in the trends in, in South Africa or Africa as a whole? Are we actually becoming, um, you know, more, more environmentally friendly or more conscious about our ecosystems and the way that we um, do our business or, or the way that we look at our environment? Do you think that that shift is happening or do you think there's still a lot of a long way to go for us
2: uh, so i think this is a yin and yang um so the the on the yin side uh, yes we we're doing great um but on the yang side no we're not doing enough um if if i can put it like that <laughs> Because we can always do more. Because when you know better, you do better. So there's still a lot of uh, uh, education that needs to happen in our communities uh, to ensure that everyone is educated on the importance of the space that they occupy, on the importance of conservation, of nature, of our ecosystems, of um, restoring Our natural uh, 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 sites that that we live in, uh, taking care of our parks, uh, taking care of of everything around us. Um, And I think once education doesn't just happen in a day, you know, we can go and team something today and tomorrow it will be dirty again. Why? not because edu- we didn't educate. No, it's because education takes time, and we need to be patient uh, with with what we do. So I would say, in terms of coming back to your question, are we doing enough in terms of the business development side of eco and inclusive uh, uh, enterprises? No, we're not. Um, there is an industry in South Africa called the transition, where we have a lot of communities being dependent on mining. Now, my question to society is that if our mining uh, industries would close down, what is gonna happen to those communities? Why can't we put systems in place uh, from an early stage to reskill our people that works inside the mines? Why can't we invest uh, more resources into renewable energy so that we don't have to deal with load shedding every second day? Um, So yeah, we're doing great. We, uh, our agriculture is taking a shift in uh, organic farming, but is that organic farming really organic? How many of that farmers are using the genetically modified seeds and pesticides? Um, How are we incorporating indigenous knowledge uh, uh, that that we have inherited from so many generations into our uh, systems that that we operate in? There's so much that we can learn from indigenous knowledge systems. so uh, I would say, yeah, we're doing great. Uh, the fourth industrial revolution is inevitable, but we are not doing our best.
1: Well, I think that's a very, very honest opinion and, and uh, stuff that I'm probably going to reflect on and Jonathan and I will unpack as well, um, I guess, about what we can do and how we can do more. Uh, so, so that's a really interesting take on that. Um, I, I think the next, the next thing to, to maybe understand is Across your career, as you're saying, there's the yin and yang points. What has been you know, your biggest win and what has been your hardest learning?
2: So I would say your, your greatest challenge, your greatest um, uh, uh, challenge that, that you are going to do in life is going to take a lot of courage. And if you're not prepared to take that leap, you're not going to really find that height of your career. It's usually going to come with a lot of um, challenges and it's not going to be easy. No one said that it's going to be easy. Uh, And sometimes you're not even going to know what you are getting yourself into, but all you know is you just need to take this leap of faith to see what is on the other side. And if you don't have that drive inside of you, then you are going to have to do a lot of introspection to get it uh, because not everybody just wakes up overnight and, wow, you've now reached like the highest point of the peak. Um, So you're going to have to take a lot of chances. Um, And I would say that for me, the greatest height of my career, I haven't reached it yet. Uh, But if I have to say that, wow, this is like a aha moment in my life. Um, So on my 30th birthday, I asked my family, I would like to have uh, the United Nations flag um, on my birthday cake, because I would really like to be acknowledged by the United Nations. And uh, my family was actually laughing um, because we we all have this stigma in our heads that you need to be a a PhD student and you need to have a master's. And you you need to have this academic background um, in order to be acknowledged. So, Actually, a year later, after my 30th birthday, I received a letter from the United Nations African head office in Kenya to represent South Africa at the Africa Youth Conference. Um, And that for me was just that aha moment when I got onto the plane on my way to to Kenya to be this representative of my country um, where they don't even call you out by name but by country. So I was South Africa, that they in the United Nations um, court in, in Kenya. And that for me was really the highlight of, of the hard work and a lot of sacrifice because I would say that the lowest point of, of my life and something that seems from a very personal experience um, my sister was very sick, and um, I was busy cleaning cleaning a community. And I got a phone call to say, "Listen, your sister is very, very sick." And I just said, "Sorry, I can't leave my work right now because I'm I'm in the middle of uh, uh, conducting education, and I've got all of these these people that 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 is with me um, at at this community." And later that day, um, a phone call came through that she passed on. So once again, something very personal that I've learned in life that regardless of what work you do, what your position is, um, what you stand for, what is the cause that that you stand for, um, if I can turn back the clock, I would really have, wanted to be next to her bed to spend that last moments with her. Um, But for me, it was really the hardest lesson that I had to learn um, that your family must come first. Whoever is important to you, you need to put them first. Work is always going to be there. There's always going to be a social problem that you're going to have to go and solve. There's always going to be... Something that's going to land on your your desk that you're going to have to do, but in that moment of need, you need to be there for your family.
1: Wow, natanya that's that's absolutely beautiful. Those are one of the one of the best pieces of advice. And I think uh, my my next question was going to be around you know what what sort of advice would you impart on on our listeners um in closing. But but I think that's that's an extremely strong and powerful sentiment. A lot of the people that we have on the podcast, we, we had one of the youngest um, accountants on the continent, I think he's 18, uh, from Nigeria, and, and we've had a lot of impressive individuals. And I think um, at times, that's, that's one of the most important things is to sometimes realize that your your career is not everything and just take it back home. And um, as you said, put family first. So that's, that's really a, a wonderful sentiment. Um, wow. wow. That, that's really stunning. Sorry. Uh, I, I think then the the last thing maybe is just to understand what is what is your long-term goal um, you know for your, for yourself and, and your career and how do you want to impact or, or how do you see yourself impacting the world um, in the next five to ten years
2: Well the next five years eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh I would really like to do a master's degree and um, I would like to do it in a conflict resolution um, or something to do with humanitarian work. I would really like to travel into different uh, communities in Africa and really go and assist young people in in rural communities um to reach their full potential for them to realize that there's nothing to be ashamed of for, for where you're coming from um, but to really focus on where is it that that you are heading um, so i can really see myself working for the united nations and uh, if not the United Nations, then any other organization that is affiliated with their work and their mandate. Uh, I don't think there's any any other organization that I want to go and work for. I'm done with corporate. Um, Yeah, I I don't want to climb the corporate, corporate ladder because I know that my purpose is to really go and make a difference in various communities, not just in South Africa, but for the nations. Um, So that would be my big plan. Thank
0: you for tuning in to this week's episode of Young Professional African Edition. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on Apple Music, Spotify, or whatever platform that you use to listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed the show,
1: give us a like and a follow. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at YP underscore Africa. That's YP underscore Africa. And if you've missed an episode, don't stress. You can catch up on our YouTube channel, YP underscore Africa.
0: Like and subscribe, guys. Like and subscribe. That's it for us, guys. See you next week.